Hi, everyone. I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Sophie Pizet and Dr. Benjamin Vidal, who joined us for a recent webinar to discuss methodology, applications, and new possibilities enabled by functional ultrasound imaging, with a focus on chronic pain and neuropharmacology research. Sophie Pizet is an associate professor at ESPCI Paris and is working on the cellular and molecular mechanisms underlying pain maintenance. Benjamin Vidal is a research engineer for a biopharmaceutical company, Theranexus, where he is using in vivo neuroimaging to study brain pharmacology and animal models of neurological diseases. Let's jump right in. Sophie, we'll start with a question for you. Could you comment a bit about the pros and cons of using fMRI and FUS to look at brain connectivity? Uh, and what benefits does FUS com- uh, offer compared to fMRI? Benjamin had actually a couple of very good slides that, that answers this question, even though he, he addressed this as, as a general thing. So overall, the, the FUS imaging compared to fMRI is, is very sensitive. I think explained very well that we are looking at, at blood volume and it's extremely sensitive. It's more direct as, as well. We have uh, a large field of view in both cases. We have a very good uh, spatial and temporal resolution. So when we compare to fMRI, it depends very much on the type of image uh, that uh, the scientists uh, have access to. Some are extremely good uh, resolution, so we have a matching resolution, let's say. But it, it's, uh, they're very, they're not many of these very resolutive machines uh, in the world. So let's say it's an easier way to have access to a technique that will be sensitive, very resolutive, and it's also extremely uh, versatile. So that's one of the, the, the positive thing. It's much cheaper as well, much cheaper to run uh, instead of having a, a big fMRI. Now, if we look at the downside, let's say, of FUS imaging at the moment compared to fMRI, so as the studies we showed you for both speakers, we are using a 2D imaging, so on one plane. That means that we don't see the whole brain in one go. Our lab showed last year, actually, showed a paper on full 3D in one go, and another a very nice paper showing that they can do activation and then follow the activation of the whole brain in anesthetized and or awake animals. So that's Definitely, it becomes possible, let's say, and and the design of probe is also evolving and, and, and changing. So at the moment, it's, let's say, easier and more versatile. But again, there are obviously some, some pros to the fMRI, as at the moment, again, they can have the, the full brain. Excellent. Great answer. And uh, Benjamin, what's your experience with this? How do you find fMRI compares to functional ultrasound? Yeah, I, uh, I completely agree with uh, what Sophie said. The thing uh, that is most uh, striking for me, which is using both uh, fMRI and FUS, is that uh, FUS is a uh, easier technique to use and you can, uh, for instance, uh, you have less concerns about things that you can use, for instance, to monitor the animals. And of course, uh, I think the stronger set of FUS is the possibility to do awake animal imaging more easily. But yes, of course, for now, fMRI for con- functional connectivity is still uh, the greatest thing, I would say, because of this imaging in the whole brain. But it's uh, very limited access in terms of uh, cost. Like it's, uh, it's like uh, two millions of uh, dollars maybe for a, a preclinical system. So it's uh, much more uh, costly than, uh, than first. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And so, Benjamin, I'll direct this next question to you. What do you think are the specific difficulties of pharmacophus, and how do you take them into account when planning your experiments? Yes, that's a good question because there are some uh, specific difficulties with uh, pharmacophus as compared, uh, let's say, to simply resting state uh, experiment or to uh, task-based experiment. Because with pharmacophus, the idea is that you are stimulating with your drug and so you can only stimulate once because usually drugs have long-lasting effects. So you will not really control the timing of the response and you can't uh, use uh, block design, which is uh, classically used, for instance, for sensory stimulation, because you can't uh, repeat uh, the stimulation uh, like uh, five times, for instance, like you will do with even sensory stimulation, which is uh, usually more convenient because you will increase uh, the power, the statistical power of your analysis. So the idea for that is when you are planning to do the experiment, it's better to plan to do acquisition as long as possible. By doing this, you have more chances to fully capture the, the pharmacodynamic profile of the drug and uh, you increase uh, the chance to see some effect as compared to, for instance, a vehicle injection, because uh, very often drugs effects are quite slow. And uh, you also have sometimes uh, a problem that is also also so in, in fMRI experiments is that you have a slow drift over the imaging session. And so it will be easier to distinguish between the drug effect and this drift if you have uh, longer acquisitions. And the, uh, the other point is that uh, maybe concerning anesthesia, if you plan to do some first experiment, pharmacophus on anesthetized animals, you have to be very careful about the, the choice of anesthetics because of the direct possible interaction between your drug and an anesthesia, of course, which is an additional problem as compared to the classical problem of uh, using anesthesia for neuroscience. Excellent. And I think in the interest of time, we'll just make this next question the very last one, and I'll direct it to Sophie. So there is lots of discussion nowadays about the physiological effects of anesthesia. How do you find anesthesia is perturbating your experiments? Yes, it's it can be well, we can say perturbating. The level of anesthesia, of course, can can disturb the the, the experiment or give reliable results. But also, but let's say the type of anesthesia will will be can get different uh, results. So this is true actually for different modalities such as uh, fMRI. But overall, my experience is that uh, we have to to, put, to have very stable anesthesia and make sure during the experiment that we follow very well this level. For the experiment I showed, we had to use uh, slightly anesthetized animals and we spent some time actually at the beginning of the project to set up and to find the, the appropriate uh, mix of, of anesthetic that will give us a very stable and producible outcome measures for every single study. And then for functional activation, for instance, if the animal is too deeply anesthetized, we can't actually see this neurovascular coupling that I talked about before. So it's definitely a very key technical issue. But again, that's true for all the modalities. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.